We're talking sports, going at it as hard as we can. Hey guys, welcome to The Catch with David Franklin. I'm your host, David Franklin. It's a Friday here in South Florida, sunny South Florida. Uh, the Catch is headquarters in Pinellas Park, Florida. I still consider Tampa, St. Pete, Naples, uh, yada yada, South Florida, where um, many people just consider South Florida as Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami, but we're South Florida too. Um, the date is December 18th, 2020, and I'm just going to keep saying it. This is a one-man show around here, no producers, uh, no co-hosts, no help, uh, it's only me out here grinding, doing the people's work. Uh, nothing scripted over here. I write bullet points throughout the week and uh, just rant about the topics. Very transparent, giving the audience uh, an audience-type show. You know, I'm one of you guys. No advertisements or big sponsors yet. So with that, as usual, I apologize for the low-quality, high-content type of show. I asked Santa for a microphone and interface I paid for overnight shipping and hopefully he comes through because I'm tired of coal. Now I'm going to go off on a little rant here. I've been seeing some negative things from a lot of people regarding the Dolphins to uh, offensive play calling. I have nothing but favorable things or opinions to say about Tua and the front office and Dolphins as a whole. Okay. He doesn't turn the ball over. Nine touchdowns in six games. Last game he had 294 yards. Would have been 300 if not for some penalties on Kansas City. Okay, we have no running backs. There's there's no depth at all at that position. Only one interception in his NFL career so far due to Jakeem freaking Grant not being able to catch a catch a ball. He can't catch anything. Um, Preston Williams has been out. Uh, Jakeem Grant even even left the game. Devontae Parker left the game. Mike Jacecki left the game. It's amazing it, it hasn't been worse. There are three offensive lines, rookies, starting for Miami. And even Tua, Tua, he's still a rookie. You can see that in his play. He took a sack at the worst possible time to go into the half. Uh, when we were pretty getting close to end field goal range. He also took a safety. Uh, Jason Sanders missed a field goal, which is unlike him, early in the game. And if if those things don't happen, or do happen if he, if he makes the field goal, it's really, it's really a different game. Um, Kansas City gave up 17 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to Miami, one of the, one of the they are one of the worst offenses in the league. I I think Kansas City was better last year. I really I really do. Uh, Tony Romo said they're better this year, but I I don't see it. I really don't. Tua needs more weapons at in, in the offense with with all the injuries, no running back at depth, no all the receivers are gone. They can't catch up catch a ball. Three rookie offensive linemen. Um everybody's complaining about the, the play calling, but you, when you're when all your top guys are out, you have to be conservative when 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 play calling. You're going to turn the ball over. But two two was one of the best college quarterbacks ever. He's so accurate. Uh, never turns the ball over. But 
he just doesn't have any help. And I'm very comfortable as a Dolphins fan. I think everybody just needs to be quiet and just relax because we have so many picks coming up in the draft. We have the Texans' first overall pick. We won that trade. Um, and Isaiah Ford, we're about to, we just picked up that we traded for, I think, a six-round pick from New England, and they just dropped him. So we we just picked him up, and we need all the help we can get right now. Um, that was still a close game. Um, even Patrick Mahomes, he threw for three interceptions, but he still almost threw for 400 friggin' yards. We'll circle back to the NFL. I'm just getting worked up regarding the Dolphins and some of the things I hear from the fans out there. Um, moving on to the NBA. Uh, didn't the finals just happen about like an hour ago or so? And we're already starting the preseason. Uh, I agree with you, LeBron. I mean, give the guys a break. We j they just played. They really shouldn't be starting right now. Um, I think middle of January, follow along with the NHL, have a 50-game season or so. But the owners need to need to satisfy those TV deals. It really is just too soon for the NBA to start right now. Giannis Antetokounmpo re-signs with the Bucks. That's five years, $228 million. Um, I'm actually surprised he re-signed with the Bucks. Oh, there's a player option after the fourth year, I believe. I was expecting him to sign with another team. Really didn't think he was going to go to a small market um, like Milwaukee. I, I know Miami was in the mix of landing him. I'm, I'm glad we didn't. I think Dallas was in there as well. But it will definitely keep the league competitive for the next, you know, four years. I'm just glad he didn't go to L.A. or or Brooklyn or something like that. You know, back when the Warriors and the Cavs met every four years or four years in a row, it was just regular season was just, you know, what was the point? So now we'll have some competition. Really don't know who's going to come out of the East or West. However, Miami is going to come out of the East again. I called it last year and I'm going to call it this year. I'm going to post a picture of me calling it way early in the season last year to our Twitter. Um, that's at Twitter, at the underscore catch. But, you know, I'm happy for the Bucks. I'm glad they re-signed him. I'm sure there's a lot of stress off their shoulders knowing they have Giannis locked up for at least four, maybe five years. If they don't win a championship in those four years – I, I think Giannis leaves. He's definitely going to leave. I'm calling it right now. Miami's coming out of the East this year. If the if the Bucks don't win a championship in the next four years, Giannis is dipping. I was talking to one of my buddies the other day, and he asked me if I wanted James Harden on the Heat. Hell no, I don't want James Harden. You kidding me? Like, there's I wouldn't give up a bench seat for him. I don't want James Harden at all. He's not Heat culture. I was in the gym this morning. And the not top 10 on SportsCenter comes up. Lo and behold, who's on there? James friggin' Harden. Okay, he runs to the rim. He kicks it out to the corner. And that guy passes it to, the, to the, somebody else at the top of the key. He gets passed back to the corner. And then the dude in the corner passed it to James Harden. James Harden hadn't even moved from when he landed. And it hit him in the chest. He didn't even catch the friggin' pass. That's just one of the many examples from James Harden over his career. He's known for not playing defense. There's a there's 
tons of video montages of him literally not playing defense, just standing still. He gets made fun of all the time on TNT with Shaq and Charles. It's just ridiculous. I don't want him on my team, and now he's sitting out requesting a trade. Nobody wants to see that as an owner, Mr. Harden, okay? You know, Kenny, it's just really, really ridiculous, man. Uh, somebody like this is still in the league getting paid that much. It's really ridiculous, Kenny. I'd have to agree with you, Charles. 100%. James Harden. Give me a break. He's not Miami. He's not Heat culture. No, no. I, I keep hearing whispers about it, and the whispers better stop. They better stop right now. I don't want him. I'm not giving up Hero, Duncan, anybody. I like the squad we got. I'm fine with it. We're going to run it back. But remember... You know, Bam Adebayo and Gorndrock were both hurt throughout the finals. I think Gorn was out three or four games. Bam was out two, I believe. I I think it's going to seven games with a fully healthy Miami squad. All right, moving on. Sarah Fuller, college football's favorite woman. Um, I'm not. I'm still not exactly sure what to make of this due to. Uh, COVID issues on uh, the Vanderbilt football team. They they brought on uh, a girl from uh, Vanderbilt's women's soccer team. Uh, I believe she was a goalkeeper. and But they still had somebody else kicking the field goals. Her first um, kickoff was... I, I think she could do better. I don't know why they went with the squib kick. I kind of wanted to see... I really wanted to see her really let into the ball and not just kind of pooch it like 20, 20 yards or so. She won co-special co teams player of the week alongside uh, Florida Gator. And then they brought her back next week and she kicked some some extra some extra points after the touchdown. Um, I'm, I'm happy for her, yes. But was there was there nobody else? On the on the on the men's soccer team, why why don't they give her a chance and and let her really kick off and let her actually try and kick some some long field goals instead of letting the the other kicker do that? Um, I, I think they should have let her at least give it a shot and really let her really let into a, a few kicks. Um, I I think it is a kind of a publicity stun a little. Maybe I might catch a little heat there, but. You know, I, I do think it is a bit. Um, Vanderbilt hasn't been relevant for a long time. They don't have a win this this year. The coach was fired after uh, Sarah Fuller's first game. I don't know if that's due to the decision of bringing on Sarah Fuller or, or what, what that was about. I want more information on this. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are. I've seen plenty of, of female football athletes out there on social media that have a lot of skill and are hoping to get, you know, D1, D2 scholarships. And I like that. I really just don't want to see this, what has, what has happened with Sarah Fuller. They're, they're making her kick little skib, squib kicks because they're afraid of what might happen on the kickoff. That's what I believe is they went with the little pooch kick and, um, you know, not a real kick. Even on the extra point against Tennessee, uh, you could see the defense of Tennessee not really lining up to to try to make a stop on the uh, PAT. Circle back to uh, Cincinnati and Miami, which happened um, last last Sunday, and 
the Miami Dolphins were fined a total of little over 42,000. Uh, the Bengals were fined uh, almost 20,000. And um, remember the Bengals receiver, Mike Thomas? Barely a slap on the wrist. He got the smallest fine of them all. And he was the one that, that started this with the two illegal hits on Jakeem Grant. Um, the breakdown of Dolphins fines. Uh, Christian Wilkins fined 12500 Emmanuel Ogba and Devontae Parker, 10500 each. Mac Hollins, little over, little under 9000 I just don't know how this can slip through the cracks of the league. Well, I do. It's because it's the Dolphins and the Bengals. It's not, you know, the Patriots and the Ravens or something of that nature. It's not the Chiefs and the Chiefs and the Saints. It's this is a league that preaches player safety, but they're failing to do their due diligence with this team. You see it all the time in this league with Roger Goodell playing favorites with with certain teams out there. It happens all the time. It happened again this year with um, them trying to postpone the Steelers and Ravens game. It was supposed to be played, on, I think, on a Thursday, and then they were pushed to a Saturday, pushed to a Sunday, then a Monday, then a Tuesday, and then they finally played it on a Wednesday, and it was a complete shit show. It was terrible. When the Broncos have a COVID breakout with among the QBs, there's no leeway there. They have to play, play a, a practice squad guy that hadn't played quarterback since his days at Wake Forest. It's just it's ridiculous. All right, pick six. I took a lot of heat last week from the audience and my picks. Don't worry, I heard you loud and clear. All right, we'll 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 go over them. Kansas City minus seven um, was the was the pick number one. Uh, that was a loss. Miami proved me wrong. Miami's defense is true. Uh, Xavier Howard's hoping to do something that hasn't been done, and I think 13 years or so have a double-digit uh, interception year. So Miami did prove me wrong. It was looking good, though, in the third quarter. I think it was like 31-10 to 10 or something, and Miami scored 17 unanswered, and uh, Miami covered the, the, the plus, plus seven. seven. Uh, FIU and Southern Miss. FIU was favored minus 10. I think it went down to minus 8.5. Um, FIU lost big. But we did hit the over 43 easily with uh, 75 total points combined. Um, they didn't play the mobile quarterback. And I probably should have put a disclaimer in there that if they put in Javian Posey, then they would have covered. Saints and Eagles. The Saints lost to the Eagles. We had the, Eagle, or we had the Saints minus seven. Um, away favorites, uh, 24 to 21, the Eagles won. Um, that's just a fluke there. Falcons, Chargers. Uh, this was a this was a heartbreaker. I had Atlanta minus two and a half, and Herbert turned the ball over um, in Atlanta territory, less than two minutes. Um, Matt Ryan gets the ball back, and like like Atlanta, um, he threw an interception and. Uh, well, the Chargers kicked the field goal and they won the game. That's typical Atlanta. I'm I'm really hoping that this this trend will be over sooner than later. But I'm still high on Atlanta. I really am. Uh, Washington and San Fran. This was my upset of the week. Um, I think it was San Fran minus three. Washington won that game outright. I'm telling you, Washington's defense is true. And we also hit the under. And finally, Miami and North Carolina. Miami was favored minus three. 
Uh, Miami lost big, and we didn't hit the other either. So we're sitting at 3-7 and seven this week. We're going to make a comeback this week. Time for pick six. All right, pick six. I make six picks on six different games, any sport. Sometimes a bonus pick in there, you know, usually over, under, yada, yada. It's how I like to leave you guys, you know, a little cliffhanger for the rest of the week. Number one. Pick number one, as you know, um, my first pick always has the most value. San Francisco is minus three at Dallas. I'm dumping my entire freaking bank account on this one. Um, the 49ers are five and eight. The Cowboys are four and nine. They're both bad teams, but Dallas is 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 ten times worse. Um, the 49ers are are winning this by double digits. Um, even though the 49ers are five and eight, they're really not as bad as their record. And I, I would even maybe parlay this with another pick uh, or something like that. Maybe even a, a six or seven point teaser. Pick number two. Uh, New York is going to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, uh, the Rams, excuse me, are favored by 17 points. Now, when when I see double digits, I usually take the underdog, and I'm going to take the Jets here plus 17. That's ridiculous. That's like a college spread. This is, this is the largest spread all year for sure. I don't even need to look it up because I freaking know it. So... Uh, take New York minus 17. Pick number three. Pick number three, Oregon at USC. USC is favored by three. Um, someone tell me why this line is so tight because I don't know. USC is number 13 in the country as they should be. They're undefeated, although they almost lost to Arizona State. They pulled off a miraculous comeback in the fourth quarter, kept the undefeated season alive. I watched Oregon and Oregon State uh, over over Thanksgiving break. Pretty sloppy play from both sides, especially Oregon. Line setters messed this one up. Take USC, easy P. This one's a friggin' lock. Pick number four. Alabama versus Florida. Alabama is favored by 17. The over-under is 74 and a half. Uh, Florida just lost to LSU. I don't know why they're still ranked at number seven. Um, I'm taking Alabama by like easily, easily, easily take 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 the points minus 17. Uh, I kind of leaning towards the under 74 and a half, um, but I'm not I'm not I'm not making a for sure pick on that one. Definitely taking Alabama minus 17. Uh, they were favored by 24 against Arkansas last week, and I think they won by like 50 or something. Um, Florida's down on their back. Um, I don't see any upset here. Uh, I'm taking Alabama e- easily. Pick number five. Miami at Toronto, but actually they're playing in Tampa. Uh, might even try and go catch that game. Uh, Toronto's favored minus two and a half. Now, disclaimer... If Miami starts Butler, Drogic, uh, Adebayo, if the full squad is playing here, I'm taking Miami uh, Miami easily here for sure. Uh, take take the heat plus two and a half. Uh, yeah, that's a lock. Pick number six. All right, pick number six and my final pick and upset of the week: uh, Seattle at Washington. Seattle is favored minus five. The over/under is forty-three. 
that seems so low. Why is it so low? It's because Washington's defense is so true. I keep telling you this. I want to drill it into your heads that Washington's defense is good. They're going to win the NFC division, NFC East division, and they're going to upset the Seahawks. Take Washington, win the game outright. I'm taking Washington plus five. I'm even considering maybe even going under 43. Why is it so low? Why are the bookmakers making this so freaking low? 43? These are the Seahawks, the offensive lighting up the scoreboard team here. Why is it so low? Because Washington's defense is so freaking good. And I'm leaning towards the under here as well. Bonus pick for you. Washington, money line. They're going to outright win the game. And the Seahawks er, and take the under 43. All right. That's it for you here at The Catch. I'm your host. David Franklin. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore catch. Until next time, have a great weekend.